This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And Michael, I don't really know where we're going to land on this question because uh, it, it's, it's interesting. The question is, how much alcohol is too much to drink? Yeah, um, so let's keep it pretty simple. Let's um, just say a few things that we know that we know that we know. Sure. There's so many things we have to say because if I don't say it, somebody will say, but you didn't, so you don't think drunkenness is a sin? No, yes, drunkenness is a sin. So Absolutely, let's, let's drunkenness is. Drinking too much is a sin. Drinking illegally is a sin. All those things would be wrong. Don't do those. I wouldn't advocate them. I wouldn't let my kids do them. I wouldn't do them. So that's, go, just let's build that as an assumption. Number two would be God actually sanctions it in scripture. Jesus drank and all of the ideas that their alcohol was weaker or that it wasn't really alcohol, it was grape juice or whatever else, they're just nonsense, um, particularly because you were able to get drunk off of it. <laughs> yes, that's right. It was just, I mean, that, that There's alone a that. dismantles the whole the whole concept. Yeah, e- Ephesians 5.18 is pretty clear. Do not get drunk with wine. Right. So that's a, you know, that's all there. Uh, the idea that God hates it is a cultural notion. That's not a biblical notion. The idea that God's people use it for joy is uh, that it's a gift from God is also a clear biblical principle. So those, those are things that are real. Now, on the other end, it is like many other good things, can be very addicting. And it can be taken to an excess. And so every human being has to deal with their own conscience and say, okay, my history informs my conscience. My culture informs my conscience. My propensities inform my conscience. My friends inform my conscience. So you got to deal with your own conscience and say- And I would even say your circumstances. Because in certain circumstances, it may be appropriate. In other circumstances, Mm -hmm. it may not be appropriate. Yeah, so like conscience for me would just be my general personal view of whether or not I can engage it, right? Now, let's say you can't. Um, Now you have to deal with circumstances. Will I hang out with friends who do? Who do? Will I ask those friends not to? How big of a deal is it for me? And those are all just social realities that you have to deal with and and not just in this world, but in any world. I mean, Mm -hmm. anywhere in the world where you live throughout history, this is a challenge. The idea that it is completely sinful and evilly wrong is an overreaction against— I, I, I agree. I think that is an overreaction. Right. Against particularly uh, uh, late 18th, 19th century—well, I would say actually 17th, 18th, 19th century in America, uh, absolute abuse of many, many men in that time period. Mm-hmm. And the women legitimately were watching their husbands, um, unfortunately, do incredibly stupid things. And and so even the concept of prohibition was an, it was an overreaction. But that being said, the idea here is that we don't want to build policy— in my own heart and life or in my church on overreactions. Right. I, I want to help people build personal policies, if you will, out of wisdom, mm-hmm. um, servant-heartedness. Some people have this notion in their brain, and I, I, I kind of do want to poke at it a little bit, but the idea, like, I joke around, and I, I call it a biblical buzz. You know, it's <laughs> a, And uh, that was actually brought up in the question. And I don't know if, the, if that concept makes people feel uncomfortable, but um, the idea that God gives us things that um, increase uh, dopamine in our bodies to make us happier— um, that's literally what sex is. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a and it, it's a human experience that got created and sanctioned to give us increasingly high chemical releases and bonding. You know, so, yeah. So some people will say, like, um, why would you ever pursue or do something that would make you feel better, I guess you should say. But that's literally what they're saying. And I'm like, well, God already created a precedent in sexuality for doing that. That but you, being said— yeah, but- I don't want you know, to discredit it because yeah. it, because it makes you feel good, but like the scriptures actually talk about 
eat, drink, and be merry uh, in a sense, in a positive way, not always in a negative sense. Like, right. okay, if there is no God, eat, drink, and be merry. Like there does seem to be this sense that the that the Christian church enjoys each other and, and alcohol has actually been almost central historically to the experience of the church being together, actually, which is mm. very uncomfortable for for many, many modern evangelical um, Christians who grew up in more puritanical-esque fu- fundamental cultures, sure. if you will, you know? So, I don't know. That doesn't probably help people who want want to find another law to impose on Right, and else. I think that's the tricky part of this question, the answer to this question. How much alcohol is too much? Well, is it one or two or three? You know, is it different if it's a beer? You know, you have two beers, but one mm-hmm. strong drink. I think it would be wrong to answer that question with a number. Yep. I, you know what's funny is you ask somebody, for most people, I'm not talking about Diet Coke addicts, by the way, when I say this sentence, okay? Because Diet <laughs> Coke addicts are another planet. But like most people, if they go have pop, not soda, not Coke, but pop. Pop, pop okay, okay. Pop, that's the biblical word. Most people who have pop, stop at one or two. Yeah. Because you're, you're just not... It's probably not good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I would say for most people, like when you go to, when you pull out a can of Coke, right? One's usually enough. Two, yeah. you're like, that was a lot. Yeah. And I think most people intuitively understand, unless you're drinking water, tea, or coffee, which are just so much thinner, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can drink a lot more water, tea, or coffee. There are actually just intuitive things. Unless you're drinking to get drunk, most people don't ever need to drink one or two things. Yeah. Because it's mostly just a substitute for a pop or something else you'd be drinking. But if your motivation is to get drunk, get then, drunk then, that's, then the answer is zero. It's zero. One is too many. Yeah, know? one is so. too many because you have a propensary, propensary, propensity, uh, propensity to, <laughs> yeah, propensity. Get, get propensity to, to go in that direction. Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky. <laughs> you know, I've met, I've met, uh, I've seen people uh, and I've known two people as close friends. Mm-hmm. If left to their own, they would drink a case of Mountain Dew per day. That's insane. I'm talking about 24. Insanity. I'm not One talking about 12. One of them gives me heartburn. No, One of them. I can't drink, drink Mountain Dew. I'm like, you know, and it's like, <laughs> that, that has got so much caffeine yeah. in it. I've met people and I've had a very close friend that he drank so much coffee that his heart started, uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher this word. Uh, palpitating, palpitating, palpitating. <laughs> he thought he was having a heart attack because he had so much caffeine yeah. in his body. And so he, gluttony it, would be a different category. Yeah. Like I w- So what's funny in this conversation is like uh, there's a group of people who automatically go to the, but what about, what about, what about, what about? So you're not saying, so if I don't say every nuance of what I do or don't agree with, they automatically say that I'm in favor for it. And I'm like, People, just think with a level brain. If you're a gluttony, I don't care what it is. You're, yeah. you're going to do too much of it. Yeah. And, like, you just need to control yourself. The idea here is that, listen, if your conscience permits you and the social context finds it approvable and servant-hearted, you got to know your limit. And most human beings don't really ever need to drink one or two. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, most people I know by either three shots, three beers, three glasses of wine are slurring their speech a little yes. bit. Their smile goes from, like, oh, I'm happier to, like, Whoa. You know, like (laughs) that's a very typical, normal human Mm -hmm. reaction. And of course, if you get somebody who's 600 pounds, you know, four beers will do literally nothing to them. And if you find an 80 year old, you know, young woman, (laughs) half a drink is going (laughs) to, is going to change your whole. 80 pound Yeah. You know, just like a little five foot old skinny little girl. No, like, or yeah, (laughs) whatever, you know? So, uh, I mean, it's just, it's so much of it is just. Be wise, be smart. And people have to know their limit. I mean, for some people, one drink is all they should have because beyond that, they're beyond a buzz. Yep. So number one would be know your conscience. Number two is know your circumstance. 
Number three is and let me you just don't have to know your limits. Yeah, just don't I, I, let me just throw them. out there about knowing your circumstances. If you know that you're in a setting where you have a friend who is an alcoholic who struggles with this, well, you don't do it. You don't do it out of pure respect and care for your friend who does struggle with that. And that's the whole passage about the First Corinthians passage about you know you don't do something that will intentionally cause a stumbling block to your brother. There are settings where. It's appropriate. Yep. There's a funny, I say funny, not in a condescending way. I just, more of a, of a interesting irony. Maybe that's the best word. Christians used to say, what will non-Christians think of you? And it's interesting because I've never, ever, 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 ever in my life one time met a non-Christian who has an issue with a Christian drinking. Ever. And I'm sure they might be out there, but it seems to be there are like in former generations or mm. older generations that that was a cultural sensibility that, and that I and that personally more, don't sense. Yeah, that anywhere. would be more my generation that would feel that way. And really, it's not the stumbling block or not the weirdness of, oh, you're a Christian and you're drinking. It's a Christian and you're drunk. Well, that's pathetic. Then there's a problem. Yeah, the fact that we even have to say that is right. ridiculous. I'm not saying you are. I'm just, I'm, no, no, I mean, no, you're, no. What you're saying is right. And almost always, those are people who come from more fundamentalist backgrounds. Right. And I, I think yep. there's a, let's just hover above, like, let's go above alcohol for a moment. Don't impose laws and rules on people that God himself doesn't, doesn't impose. Do what God assumes is a couple things. God assumes he's given us stuff for joy, he's given us self-control, and he's given us a servant heart. Mm -hmm. And so whatever the issue is, whether it's sexuality, like just because I believe that a married couple should have sex doesn't mean I believe they should have it all the ways, all the time, and they should never be. Like, of course, I don't believe right. you should have sex anywhere all the time. And abuse, like, like I, the, you shouldn't even have to say that. You know what right. I mean? You have a clear conscience, the right context, the right heart, and it's a good thing that actually increases your joy hormones in your body, right? Yep. And that's similar to drinking. You got you have a clear conscience, the right context, the right people, yep. the right place. You just got to know your thing and know your place, know your heart, know, know that the Lord is fine, but like, don't impose arbitrary laws. Correct. That are above and beyond Scripture. Or I would even say that contradict practices in Scripture. Mm -hmm. It's a very dangerous place to be, which is why I say uh, I do think the Christian needs to redefine categories on joy and things God's given us to increase joy. We have to be a little bit more discerning. We can't impose views from generations past under the modern cultural system. Right. We also have to be very sensitive to our own conscience and know your motivations. If you're trying to escape something or you are a gluttonous person with an addictive personality, like you got to be really smart. Sure. And so I'd punt all responsibility back to our listeners and say, you have to stand before God. I want to serve you. I want to help you. I don't need anything anytime at all. Right. So if I never have another drink again and for the rest of my life, whatever, I could care less. But if you do care, like mm -hmm. if you're right, if the saddest future you can think of is one without alcohol, well, <laughs> we should probably <laughs> talk and you should get some counseling because that's a bigger issue. I agree. All right, Michael, let's come back and talk about another question that kind of goes along with this one, which is, what if my roommate does illegal drugs? Yeah. 